My name is Jenna and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Um, I have been married to my husband for about three and a half years now. He has two daughters. So I have two stepdaughters from a previous marriage. Um, They are tweenagers, as I like to call them. But they're also super helpers because I have a one-year-old son as well. And then another joy in our family is our playful three-year-old puppy, Letty. So she's super fun. Um, She keeps everybody on our toes. And we just all have fun together. So the stepdaughters, I we have about half the time. And then the other half, they're with um, their mom. Um, when I first met my husband, he had already, like I said before, had the two stepdaughters. And so when we were dating, I did want to make sure that he was open to having a family. Um, he was older. Um, you know, we're both, I was, you know, in my mid thirties when we had met. So I just wanted to make sure that he was open to the idea of having more children. And, um, his answer was one of the best things that, and I still remember it to this day is he said that his plan in life was always to only ever have two children, but he also never planned on getting a divorce and every woman should have the opportunity if they want to, to be a mother. And he wanted to, he knew I was going to be a good mother. So, um, just from dating me. So he was saying if, if everything plays out and the cards play right, we're going to try and have a baby together. Mm -hmm. So, um, we got married and started right away to try and have, um, a baby. And, um, I, you know, at that point we weren't really trying very hard. So that was back in 2017. It was kind of just a, okay, let's see how this is going to go. And I had been off birth control for a while, um, knowing that that sometimes plays into it. And I just decided that, you know, we're just going to roll with the punches and see how it goes. And I ended up doing a girl's trip out to Colorado And I knew I was supposed to be getting um, my period and it didn't come during the trip. And I just thought, oh, okay, with the hiking and everything we did, um, that, that must be what it was. And I got home and I took a pregnancy test the day I got home and I was pregnant. And my husband was actually fishing in Canada. So he did his boy trip. I did my girl trip. And so I couldn't, I had zero contact with him. So for about almost a week, I had this secret pretty much all to myself knowing that I was pregnant. And so that first week was definitely interesting. Um, you know, not really knowing first time mom and just waiting to be able to tell him it was so exciting. Um, it was wonderful. I got to tell him on father's day. And so, Everything was great and wonderful. He opened up the gift. I had put the pregnancy test inside his present and he just, he was ecstatic as well. And about a month went by and I had had my first doctor's appointment 
around uh, six weeks and they did everything and said everything was looking great and, you know, gave me my welcome packet, everything like that. And then the next week I had noticed that I was having some bleeding. And again, being a first time mom, didn't know exactly what that meant. If it was, you know, oh my goodness, this is the end of the world or what. So of course I called the doctor and they, you know, said, yes, this does happen, but let's come in, let's check you. And they checked me that day and everything was fine. And they showed me, I actually got to see um, because of the fact that I did have some bleeding going on. I did get to see a little blip on the screen jumping up and down and I saw the little heartbeat. And that just made my world. Um, unfortunately, two days later, the bleeding did not stop. They asked me to come back in and they had to share the unfortunate news with me that um, the pregnancy was no longer viable and the baby had actually passed away. Um, so I was about eight weeks when I miscarried. That's awful. I'm so sorry that that happened. But I I unfortunately know just from doing these interviews and from running the mom group, so many women struggle with this. And so just talk to us about losing the baby and what that was like for you, how you and your husband coped. Sure. Yeah. Um, So I think one of the biggest like misnomers about pregnancy is it seems like you only hear about everybody having a wonderful pregnancy and yes, miscarriages do happen a lot more than people talk about them. And not that I want to bring normalcy by any means to uh, miscarriages because it is always a sad thing for it to happen. But I do want, you know, the women that go through and struggle and have um, a, a miscarriage to know that they're not alone. There is a large community out there of women that have gone through this. Um, even in just my friend group, I had found out after the fact that I had more friends that had gone through miscarriage than I knew about because they didn't want to share. Mm-hmm. And so um, the the doctors were amazing. Um, you know, I, I had that ultrasound. I saw on the screen that there wasn't anything moving anymore. And I think that's that was really what pulled at me. And it's, it's, it's in my, you know, some women don't have that. And, you know, I wouldn't wish it on anybody to, to see on an ultrasound that you know, the, the little blip that you saw moving before is no longer moving, but, um, it, it, it had me realize that, oh my goodness, like this is real, like this truly did happen. And I, I don't think I went through as much shock as maybe some other people did, but came home. Um, my husband was home at that time, um, basically stayed in bed for about two days. Um, I didn't have much pain or anything that went along with it. And it seemed to happen pretty quickly. Um, and, then I just said to him, like, I want to try again. Like I, you know, I, we know we're capable now and, um, I want to take a little bit of time off, but I want to keep trying and, and, and I want to have that baby. So, um, the doctors were there for me. Um, they told me, you know, the length of time that I should wait to make sure that everything had passed, how it was supposed to pass and when to start. Um, during that time, I did reach out to a few of my friends and let them know what happened. My, my really close group of girlfriends. And that's when I found out that some of them had also gone through something like this and they were just there for me. And it was, it's just amazing. The, the support that you can get from, from people who have never gone through anything like this and, and others that have gone through this. And, you know, my, my close knit group of friends, I feel became even closer because of the, the, the struggles of getting pregnant that we've had in our group. So, Mm -hmm. um, we tried for about another year. That's what the doctor told us to do. And we did not have any success in that entire year. And then the doctors started, you know, to suggest things because I wasn't getting any younger. And it really is based on the women's clock. 
and, you know, started to recommend, you know, IVF and IUI and all of these things were pretty much foreign to me and I didn't understand it. I just feel like, you know, everybody can get pregnant, you know, and I didn't have to worry about cycles and, and, you know, your, your, um, the length of time in your cycle when you truly are the most fertile to be able to, you know, plan for the child the best. So it became a little bit stressful, not going to lie between my husband and I during that time that it was like, okay, we need to, you know, really try this week because that's the best week. You know, my fertility rates are the highest during this time. And unfortunately I just kept taking a test every single month, um, and kept getting a negative. And so we talked with the doctors and they said before we would go to the level of an IVF, there is a procedure called an IUI that happens first. And they wanted to try that with us. So I talked about it with my husband and he was on board as well. And um, we, we went forward and luckily enough for us, we had success on our first try with the IUI and um, that, that IUI is now my son today. So um, it worked out for us. I know it doesn't always work that way for everybody, but it was our first try and literally 14 days on the dot, I took that test and I had the, the, it show up that it was pregnant. So, um, super exciting and super joyful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've mentioned so many things that resonate. So the first thing was, first of all, I'm so glad that it ended up working out for you. And like you said, so many different, there's just such a range of experiences as far as successfulness goes with the IUI and IVF process. So it's tricky. Like it, I've heard that it can just be successful in the first try. It sometimes takes even longer than that. I've talked to women who it's never been successful. So my heart goes out to them and I appreciate you talking to that process a little bit more. And then two, this idea like that once you start to share something, whether it's the fact that you had a miscarriage or if someone's struggling with postpartum symptoms or whatever, like as soon as it seems like we come out and say something, it seems like everyone else comes out of the woodworks and starts to say, oh yeah, me too. Or yeah, like that happened to me too. And and the fact that we don't get that support unless someone speaks up just really reinforces the idea. It is so important to speak up and share when we're having these struggles. Um, Absolutely. So you talked about kind of what that pregnancy was like for you um, the first time and then kind of what it was like to get initially pregnant again. What was that pregnancy like? Do you feel like it was a simple pregnancy for you? Pretty easy. And, and then what was your adjustment to motherhood like? Sure. Yes. Um, so, you know, knowing that I had that positive pregnancy test to me didn't also, though I, we were overjoyed that finally after a year, we got to see a positive one again. Um, I'm not going to, you know, hide and say that my anxiety probably wasn't through the roof um, until I hit about 13 weeks. Um, I, you know, I thought everything was fine with my first pregnancy and that one did not work. And, you know, doctors reassure you it's, it's absolutely nothing that you do. Um, you know, that can cause a miscarriage. It's just, you know, for some reason that that baby wasn't a viable one. And so, um, you know, I definitely was kind of in a way, you know, walking on pins and needles or making sure I wasn't, um, you know, strenuating myself in any way at all, not over exercising, making sure I was eating extremely healthy and just really checking in with my doctor as much as possible. Um, it's just the nerves that you go through after you, have had a miscarriage that you don't want to go through that again. Um, I, Mm -hmm. like I said, I don't want to wish that on anybody. And I know people have gone through it time and time again. 
I am fortunate that I have only gone through it once. Um, and then I was able to conceive my son, but you know, once I hit about 13 weeks, I felt definitely more in the clear. Um, we then got to do some blood work tests and things like that and, and see the baby as well. And uh, that was just over joyful for my husband and I to both be there and, and see that first ultrasound. And again, the little blip on the screen and everything like that and, and get the, the satisfaction from my doctor saying that everything is progressing normally on this one. And, and this one looks to be good and you're going to have a long, healthy pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I know one mom comes to mind in particular, she had I believe several miscarriages and she, it took her a long time to now she's, you know, really progressing in her pregnancy, expecting one, I believe in January. And she said that she felt like because of the experiences she had having miscarriages, she felt like she's been actually kind of robbed of the joy of feeling like the, the pregnancy because she's just been anxious and feels like she can't almost, um, really connect with that baby until a certain point. She did kind of get to that point, like you said, where she felt like finally she was kind of in the clear, but up until that point, she felt like she was being robbed. She had been robbed of the joy of being able to just be excited and be pregnant because she was constantly just like walking on eggshells and waiting for that shoe to drop. So I, I completely understand that feeling and that that's pretty much where I was about until about 13 weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, it was at, once I had made it through that first trimester, um, and, and got really the reassurance from my doctor over and over again, that things were progressing normally. And we had actually done early blood tests because of some, um, medical history in both my husband's family and my family background. We were even able to find out the gender much earlier than, um, doing it usually during that like 18, 19 week ultrasound that they do. And so we even were able to find out that it was a boy. And I think that that's really what drew it, brought it home to me and let me know that, okay, this is really happening this time. Like it's, it's real. You even know the gender this time. And, mm -hmm. um, but, but you know, all steam ahead on getting the house ready for a baby coming. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So once baby was here, what was that like for you? Just that initial having the baby, getting the baby, and then your transition into mo motherhood early on. Yeah. So, um, my son actually came about two weeks early. Um, so we were mostly prepared in the sense that his nursery was ready and, you know, my stepdaughters were overly excited for him to be here. Um, the last few, you know, last minute things just weren't done. For instance, we were just about to get the car seats in the car. I was just getting ready to pack my hospital bag and things like that. And my water had broke. Uh, so it was time to get over to the hospital and, and have my son. So, you know, you have a little bit of that stress going through your head of, oh my gosh, this isn't done and this isn't done. But it, it wasn't a big deal in the long run of things because the hospital was very reassuring that they were going to help us get the car seat in properly. And I threw a bag together very quickly. And then we lived close enough to the hospital that my husband could bring me anything else that I didn't have. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely a surreal experience of going into labor and, you know, then all of a sudden, holy cow, he's here. Um, it was about 24 hours since the time, just under 24 hours from the time my water broke until the time my son came out. So um, definitely a longer labor than I was planning on. But, you know, that's just how things go sometimes. Mm -hmm. But 
amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, you know, I, I heard women say before I was even pregnant, you know, that it's, it's immediate love and it's, you just, you can't feel any different way. And the first time I laid eyes on my son, it, it literally was an overwhelming feeling of love and this, this is mine and I'm going to protect it and I'm going to give it the best life that I can. It was the most amazing experience. That's awesome. Yeah. I know, I know some women have that experience and some people don't. And I'm always like, my heart always just swells a little bit when women say that that was their experience, because as much as I wish that for everybody, I know that that's not always true. And I am, I'm genuinely happy that that was the case for you. I'm hitting the pause button quick to share with you guys a product that my family absolutely loves. Magic Spoon is a protein-packed, delicious adult version of some of our favorite childhood cereals. It's a healthy cereal that seriously tastes too good to be true. Each serving has about 11 grams of protein per serving, compared to those other cereals that only have one or two grams of protein per serving. Each serving also only contains three net carbs, compared to an average of 24 net carbs per serving with other cereals. Magic Spoon cereals are also grain-free, gluten-free, and free of artificial sweeteners and other funky ingredients. They have flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, blueberry, honey nut, and my favorite, peanut butter. Give it a try at magicspoon.com and enter Jenna Overbaugh, one word, for free shipping on me. Happiness 100% guaranteed. Talk to me about kind of the first couple months, what that was like for you Sure. Yeah. So my son has just become a year old. So this is all rather fresh in my head. Um, so both my husband was able to take paternity leave from his job and I was able to take a small leave from my job. I was only able to take nine weeks. I work at a very small company. So uh, the more people that are gone, the harder it is for the company to function. So as much as I would wanted to stay home longer, I also felt the obligation to get back there and help my team. So I enjoyed those nine weeks to the fullest, um, taking in every cuddle and every moment that I could. Um, breastfeeding did not come naturally for me. Um, I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism right before I became pregnant. And uh, my milk supply really never came in. I never had that feeling of being um, engorged, as they say, you know, I, I never really had that. And so feeding was definitely a struggle, um, a battle with myself, being angry at myself that I wasn't able to produce the milk and the nutrients for my son. And we had to rely on formula. Um, but looking back on it now, it's all okay. It really, you know, again, it's that community of moms that, that come to your defense when, you're mad at yourself because you're not able to, you know, breastfeed your son, but people are saying, Hey, I formula fed too. And my son turned out just fine. Or my daughter turned out just fine. Like, you know, the, yes, there are those strong groups that say best breast is best and things like that. But as long as your child is healthy and happy and you're healthy and happy, that's ultimately what matters in the end. So in the moment, um, I definitely, definitely went into a few deep down dark places during that time, just really with myself. Um, I shared nothing but love for my son and my family, but I was very hard on myself for not being able to produce for my son. Yeah. When it comes to these just expectations, we have such before baby, we have such expectations. And again, I feel like this is something that society and the media has set us up to fail with. So 
I feel like I at least certainly got the impression like, yep, you go to these breastfeeding classes and it just comes naturally. But they, no one really talked about all the latching issues and tongue ties and supply issues and supply and demand. And like, I feel like I didn't get any of that information. Like, hello, yep, this is actually how difficult it can be until I was actually in the trenches of it. And at that point, I was just, you're so ridden with guilt. You feel like you can't do anything right you there's just this huge disappointment that you had this expectation of what you wanted to provide. And now you're maybe not able to do that. And so I get the guilt that coincides with that. Um, and I, I, I believe, yeah, like you said, support it is best, like whatever choice you need to make for your child is the best is the best choice for you and for your family. Um, so in what other ways do you feel like those, um, postpartum issues and, and you said mom guilt, like what other ways do you feel like that came up for you? Oh, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously not being able to supply my son with the nutrients that everybody says, you know, (laughs) breast milk is like gold, you know, liquid gold and stuff like that. So that's, that was like my first inkling of, um, my mom guilt and then having to go back to work and having to work, you know, full-time days and just, by the time I got home, I'd be tired from work and only have a few hours before he would go down to see him. And it, you know, I would think about it like, oh my gosh, I saw him for a half hour in the morning before I ran out the door. And then I really only saw him for maybe two hours in the afternoon when I got home from work. Like, am I even a mom for him anymore? Like that, that really, you know, struck hard with me. And, you know, my, my job, has its ups and downs and and stressful times and stuff like that. But just trying to really figure out that work-life balance was extremely rough for me when I made the transition back to work. And knowing my husband was here was amazing. Knowing that my son was, you know, getting, getting the love and the support of our family by having my husband home for that like additional month was amazing. Um, But then the transition to daycare happened, you know, a month later and so having to, we, we decided to do an in-home, um, fell in love with the woman right away and, and knew that for us, that was the best option. Everyone has their own thoughts on daycare, but I just knew I, I needed to go to someone that like would be taking care of my son, the same person every single day and really be able to grow and establish that, that bond. Um, so you know, transitioning over to daycare, there were days where I just wanted to like run out the door and and at work and get him from daycare and see him because she'd send amazing pictures of him smiling or laughing. And I just, I felt bad that I wasn't the one that was bringing those smiles and laughter to him. It was what was going on at daycare was doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can relate to that too. I have a two and a half year old and I work full time and I don't know that that ever gets a hundred percent better. I feel, I, I feel like those little quirks too, like those little instances of mom guilt, like, oh, well you only had 30 minutes with him in the morning. And then two hours of the, like, we just kind of keep score against ourselves sometimes. And that's just so awful to say, but I know, I know it's just something that a lot of women struggle with. So, um, kind of where are you at now? Do you feel like that ever got easier or resolved itself at all? Is that something that you still kind of struggle with? Sure. Um, I definitely still struggle with it. Um, it's, it's definitely better as now I've really 
established a relationship with the daycare, um, with, with the woman that is basically watching my son. Um, and, and she, she calls us a team. And I really like that. She talks about it that way, that when I, you know, drop him off in the morning and I explain that, Oh, you know, he was pulling at his ear. I really hope it's not an earache or something like that. And, you know, she'll give me an update throughout the day. And she's like, you know, I'm not noticing that he's pulling on his ear or, you know, Oh, I think another tooth is coming through getting that kind of information throughout the day really makes me feel like I I'm not bonding directly with my son, but I'm being kept up to date on everything that's going on in his life. And so I'm being there in the best way that I can. So the, the not seeing my son as much, I think it's as best as it's probably going to be because this is my situation. I I can't really change my situation right now um, and be able to be with him every day. I need to work. (laughs) So um, that's about the best that that's going to be. But I think really the direction that maybe my postpartum has changed to now is more of a, um, that personally myself, I still haven't lost all of the baby weight. Um, the clothes aren't fitting how I want them to, your body really changes after you have a baby. And so it's really my self image that I'm having a lot of issues with, um, mm-hmm. now a year after having my son. And again, it's, it, in my opinion, it's a lot of society. Sure. I definitely want to be healthy and happy for my son. Um, but it's, it's the societal pushes of, oh, you're eight weeks after having a baby, your body should bounce right back. It's just, it's not real for some people, mm-hmm. um, but it definitely takes a toll on my thought process and my, my whole being. Yeah. I mean, we, we know, we know things logically, right? Like, yeah, well, I know that that's the case for some people, but not for me. And this is where I'm at, but still emotionally, it really hurts to, to be in that position. And I know sometimes people have talked to me about, you know, bouncing back. I got to bounce back. Like how, how long will it take me to bounce back? And I always encourage moms to think like, you know, it is different. Like our bodies are different. We have to get away from this concept of like that. We have to go back. Like we can make something awesome with what we have now. And, and certainly there's always room to improve. Like if someone wants to do better for themselves and if that makes them a little bit more confident, then that's awesome. But bouncing back is just such an awful harmful concept for people and I I don't know where the heck it came from but I hope as society evolves and as media evolves and and hopefully gives moms more grace about that I hope that that's a term that kind of phases out because the whole concept of just bouncing back is just so so harmful for people absolutely and the you know well it only took nine months to grow so it should only take nine months to go away and it's like wow do you really understand what your body went through for those nine months like Mm -hmm. it's you know it's an absolute miracle that we're able to grow another human being inside of us and so your body yes definitely changes and and what you try and provide with breast milk or whatever after the fact I mean my son is my, you know, first importance of making sure that he is fed and the rest of my family is fed. And then I always put myself last, like, you know, he's the one that's growing and he's learning and everything like that. So I need to make sure that his nutrition is forefront. Should I be putting myself last? No, but that's just the mom and me. That's just the direction that I go in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you talked to me just before this interview, just about how strongly you felt kind of a letting women know about the issues of miscarriage and of these postpartum um, issues of mom guilt and whatnot. So anything else that you have to share with women along those lines so that they aren't afraid to talk to each other about these things? Because like we talked about just that 
talking to each other is so important because once one woman stands up and says something and is vulnerable, it seems like so many other women come out of the woodwork and that provides relief to those women, but it also allows for these awesome connections to take place where they can have that solidarity. So anything that you can share just about your passion and experience and and hoping that moms can talk to each other more about these issues would be awesome. Absolutely. Um, I really feel that mental health in, in the United States and possibly worldwide is really needing to become more of a forefront issue. Um, and, and we really need to make sure that we are taking care of our mental health. It's not something you can see is wrong with someone. Um, for instance, like a broken leg, you can see that you, you don't know what people are going through. So, um, you know, I just want to tell other moms out there that one, they're not alone and there are groups and, you know, talk to your friends. They, they're, they're going to be understanding about it. Um, I've found some mom groups on, um, social media sites that I have made bonds with. And I know that I can talk openly about things that have happened because there's other moms that have been through similar situations to me there. There's counseling options. If that's something that you're into, um, to be able to talk to people that way as well. And yes, just, just being open, you know, you, you will realize how not alone you are when it really does take a village to raise a child. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. So I'm moving on to my kind of conclusion questions here. I love these the most. So after everything that we've talked about and unpacked here, what do you wish you knew before? So this could be earlier in motherhood or even before pregnancy. Sure. Um, I definitely would have liked to know that breastfeeding doesn't come as naturally as every movie and book and everything makes it out to be that, that there are going to be, you know, struggles and issues with it. And everybody kind of produces a different amount for, for their needs for some reason. And some people are just overproducers and some are underproducers. Um, I was completely oblivious to that. I just thought it really was just something that naturally happened. And I was going to be able, you know, to provide milk for my son until I decided I didn't want to anymore. Yeah, that's such a harsh way of learning reality. (laughs) Just such high hopes. And like I said, all these expectations and then boom, like you have to kind of give all that up all at once. And it it causes a lot of issues for women. Um, What would you tell yourself back then if you could talk to that woman now? Sure. I would tell myself to try and remember every single moment of being pregnant. Mom brain is real. Um, It definitely happened during my pregnancy and it definitely happens now. There's definitely things that, you know, my husband even brings up that I don't remember as vividly as I wanted to. And I think writing it down or trying to capture it in some way would help me really remember more of all of the amazing moments that go along with growing another child inside of you. Mm -hmm. What other than everything that you've already talked about is important for other moms to know? Um, You're really is just, I mean, I'll reiterate it again. You're not alone. Um, Moms are a tribe. They are amazing. Um, No matter if they are full-time working moms, stay at home moms, what, whatever kind of mom, you know, foster parents, everything mom, the the mentality of being a mom is amazing. And I don't think moms get enough credit for everything that they do and everything that they provide for their family. So cheers to all of you moms out there. You're doing it. And if your kids are still alive, you did the best that you could for the day. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. (laughs) So why do you think it's important to do and go through hard things? Last question. Um, you know, 
I think that there's definitely levels of hard things. Uh, there, like I said, there's some things that I would never wish on someone to have to go through. Um, but life isn't easy. And so I think for anything that happens in your life that is hard, there's something good to look at out of it and possibly grow from it. Um, For more information and resources, you can head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune into some other episodes while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other women and people in general who need these resources and they would otherwise not get them. With that said, thank you guys again so much for tuning in. I love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.